This is CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring you today's hottest mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here today with Craig Faustus Buck, the author of, among other things, the fabulous hard-boiled-slash-noir-slash-P.I.-who's-not-a-P.I. novel, Go Down Hard. Craig, welcome. Well, thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. I absolutely adored your book. It's a little bit hard to categorize for me. How do you categorize it? I don't categorize it. (laughs) I uh, have trouble categorizing anything, especially things I write myself. But uh, I kind of think of it as a neo-noir romp, maybe. (laughs) Okay. I read something at Amazon that I will read here because I, I think it uh, it describes it far better than I could. A hard-boiled mystery romp through the noir wards, worlds of aging rock and rollers, live internet sex shows, abusive psychiatrists, Slavic mobsters, child molesters, emotional betrayal, deceit, arson, murder, and estate planning. <laughs> You, that about sums it up. You hit them all. <laughs> <laughs> you have some great characters in the book. Tell us first about your protagonist, if you don't mind. Well, Nob Brown is uh, hes kind of a bottom-feeding tabloid writer. Uh, he was an ex-cop who got caught up in a situation where he saw another cop taking drug money from a bust uh, and didn't want to turn him in because the guy was taking it for a treatment for his eight-year-old daughter who was fighting leukemia. And then the daughter eventually died, and Nob just couldn't handle busting this guy, but he also couldn't handle dealing with the situation. So he eventually uh, quit the police department. Uh, his wife eventually left him. And uh, in order to make a living, he went turned to crime writing, but the only thing he could find who would buy any of his work were the National Enquirer, the Star of the Globe, the the lowest of the low. <laughs> he's he's in, in the book he's sort of a freelance writer, but it, it, it sort of fits into the PI world because he's he will wind up investigating a crime, and uh, it's just a very clever. It, it's hard to find unique protagonists in in this world. So many books, have, so many crime books have been written, but uh, Nob is pretty unique. Well, he is something of an investigative reporter, seeing as how he has a, a background as a detective. But um, <clears throat> he's also something of a a pay into my youth because I started out as a magazine journalist, mm-hmm. and investigative journalism was always the most fun because you're trying to solve a mystery. Uh, as our readers are as they move along through our books. Um, So it just made sense for him to rely on his background to try to apply his writing trade. You have some other fascinating characters in the book. One that uh, Gloria, who we meet early on, is is fabulous. I also love his assistant, I guess is the right right name, Melody. She's she's a great character. (laughs) Yeah, Melanie's a hoot. Uh, But let me start with Gloria because uh, she is actually going to be the narrator of the the second book, the book I'm working on now. Oh. Uh, After two or three years inside Knob's head, I guess we should explain to readers who haven't read the book that it's told in the first person present. Mm -hmm. So it's a very immediate style, and spending two or three years 
writing that pretty much puts you inside a character's head for that amount of time. And when I turned to the sequel, I thought to myself, I've had it. I've been inside this guy's head long enough. So I decided to write the sequel from the POV of another character in his universe. So Nob is a character in the second book, mm -hmm. but it's not from his point of view. Uh, Gloria Lopes is a lieutenant detective with the LAPD uh, who also tends to be something of a sex-crazed woman. Um, she believes in polyamory. She does not believe in monogamy. And this is not a problem for Nob, uh, who is a friend with benefits, uh, as long as he's not in a relationship. When he gets into a relationship, they break off their sexual relationship and just remain friends. And this is no problem for her either. She, you know, to each his own as far as she's concerned. Give us give us a little bit of background on his assistant, because she's she's also a great character. Then we'll dig into the, the storyline for the book a little bit. Okay, well, his assistant, I mean, as anyone out there who's writing freelance magazine work knows, you can't afford an assistant. <laughs> but at one point in his career, uh, his assistant, who's a, a tiny dancer, she's, I don't know, four foot nine or something like that, uh, very, very thin, uh, is always stretching and doing yoga, and, you know, she's one of these people who can, she's something of a contortionist. <clears throat> and uh, at some point, her brother got lost, and Nob had to go find him as a favor to her, and ended up down in South America digging him out of some jail. And um, <clears throat> as a result of the expenses he incurred on that trip, She's deeply in debt to him, and so she's slowly working off her debt by putting in hours as an assistant for him. And she's a she's a great foil for him, and uh, th their byplay is very amusing and a, and a lot of fun. Let's let's now get into the story, which is you know, we we sort of described it earlier. It's it is a romp. So uh, give listeners a sense of the story of the book. Well, at the beginning of the book, Gloria senses that Nob is a little depressed, and so as a birthday present, she slips him the case file of a 20-year-old homicide uh, of a rock star who was his sex idol in high school. And she was murdered, and the murder was never solved. So he uh, thinks that he can take this 20-year-old case file and parlay that into maybe a Playboy 20-year retrospective on the murder, uh, or even a book deal if he can figure out who the murderer was. And so he starts looking into this crime and discovers her rather wacky family. <laughs> uh, and as a result of turning over the wrong rocks, uh, one of her daughters ends up murdered. And all of a sudden he's got a 20-year-old murder and a contemporary murder, and he's got to find... Uh, the ties that bind and figure out who done it. I checked your biography on your website, and I found it interesting that uh, a that you're a New York Times best-selling author, but for nonfiction. So was that back in the day when you were also doing freelance work? Yeah, I I sort of segued from freelance magazine work to um, co-writing, and I. Uh, my first number one New York Times bestseller was a pop gynecology book, and my second was a pop psychology book. <laughs> I wondered why you didn't mention them by name on the website, and, and now I 
now I get a sense of why. <laughs> well, actually, the, they're both, I think they're both still in print. Toxic Parents was the pop psychology book, and that's definitely still in print. Uh-huh. People are constantly coming up to me and thanking me for a book that at the time I thought was, you know, kind of trashy. But it's apparently saved a lot of people's lives, so uh, I must have done something right. Uh, and the other one was It's Your Body, A Woman's Guide to Gynecology. Who better to write that than you? <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> I just wish there were a little more firsthand research involved. <laughs> so is, is writing crime like your first love, something that you got back to? Or what's the process from freelance to New York Times bestselling writer of pop nonfiction to crime fiction? Well, in the middle, there were several decades of writing for television. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some crime writing on television, uh, Magnum P.I. and Simon and Simon, stuff like that. I did some science fiction. I worked on V, the original miniseries, um, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, uh, The Incredible Hulk. I wrote the famous uh, episode where The Incredible Hulk dropped acid. <laughs> but uh, this crime writing is actually... What I turned to when I decided to consider myself retired, which means I decided to take my writer's guild pension. Mm -hmm. And what crime writing has done for me is to allow me to write for myself for the first time. Uh, Throughout my career, whether it was magazine work, newspaper work, nonfiction books, television, movies, pilots, uh, cable movies, I was always writing for someone else, a producer, a studio, a publishing house, an editor... Um, so by pronouncing myself retired, I was able to turn to a project which would allow me to have complete freedom and just write what I, what I had fun writing, which is something I really wanted to do, uh, and go down hard as the first, uh, major result of that. One of the things that I find interesting, there's got to be some sort of a correlation because there are so many crime writers that at one time in their life were screenwriters. And the storytelling skills are just honed to such a, such a fabulous level. Is that something that you, you really, that, that sort of, I don't know, it's just a part of your life when you're, you're writing for television, the, the ability to tell a, a very succinct story? I think that, I mean, I, I, I haven't done a scientific study of this, but at least for my writing, uh, my work tends to be fairly dialogue-heavy, and I think that's a result of my television work. I create characters through dialogue, and, uh, you know, I try to make my characters speak in different voices, and I try to make them have different uh, sort of uh, vocal characteristics, and I, a lot of that comes from my television training. But you're right, there are a lot, well, especially at at Brash Books, which is my Mm -hmm. publisher, you know, those guys are both TV writers, the two two writers who who founded that company. Uh, On June 9th at the uh, Barnes & Noble in the Grove in L.A., I'm doing my book launch with Fief Sutton, who's another television writer, who's another Brash author. Uh, His book, uh, 15 Minutes to Live, I believe it's called, Um, Mm -hmm. and he was executive producer of... Cheers for many years. Right. Fief's been a guest of Crime Fiction FM, and his his episode has already gone live, so people may be familiar with him. I had a great chat with him. It's a lot of fun. Uh, well, if you like Fief, come on out and see him at, uh, at our joint book launch. If it were only a, a little shorter flight. 
<laughs> All right. You also you've 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 written some short stories. One of your short stories is uh, nominated for the Anthony this year, and that short story is called Honeymoon Suite. Uh, tell us a little bit about the the Anthony competition. Uh, the award will be given at BoucherCon this year, and I think that uh, all of the short stories are, are available to read for free at the BoucherCon website. So walk us through how to do that. Okay, well, I think this is a fabulous thing. Art Taylor, one of the other nominees, uh, I believe was responsible for arranging this. But if you go to the BoucherCon website and look at the Anthony nominees, in the short story section, each nominee is a link. And if you just click on that link, you can go to the short story and read it for free. So I strongly urge anyone who's going to BoucherCon to read all the stories before voting. Yes, it does make it easier to, uh, to to vote accurately. But it's funny because uh, this is my second short story in a row that was nominated for an Anthony. Last year I had one called Dead End. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went to BoucherCon last year, I ended up, because of that nomination, on a short story panel. And almost everyone on that panel is one of the nominees this year. And a great group of authors. I'm familiar with most of them. I think Art Taylor is the only one that, whose work I haven't read. Well, Art's a terrific writer. Uh, he's a professor at, I believe, University of Virginia, and he teaches writing. Are, are you the current president of the Mystery Writers of America for Southern California or a past president? I'm the current president. Okay. Uh, which also puts me on the national board. Um. But Southern California is kind of a misnomer. Our territory also includes Nevada, south of the 38th parallel, Arizona, and Hawaii. (laughs) That is a bit of a misnomer. (laughs) It's very strange, but we are the second largest chapter in the country. What's the largest? Um, I believe it's the, like, maybe New York. Okay. I didn't know whether it's us in Florida. I didn't know. I was hoping that would be the case because ours is pretty big. Florida, Florida's up there, and Midwest is also pretty big because it's got so many states. How long have you been involved with this? Is it since you've retired from screenwriting, or were you a member of MWA prior to that? I was actually a member of MWA prior to that. I joined uh, through my television work. Okay. And uh, I've been involved uh, fairly actively ever for, oh, I don't know, over a decade. I mean, um, you know, going to meetings and meeting people, it's, it's just a great social environment. And the more you volunteer, the deeper into it you get, the more involved you become in the community. It's just, it's just a great way to meet mystery writers, uh, become friends with mystery writers, and learn from mystery writers. Yeah, learning from being being one of the keys. You're also a member of another group that might surprise people, and that is uh, Sisters in Crime. A lot of people don't know that there are also Misters in Crime. Uh, yeah, we're Sisters and Misters. I'm on the board of uh, Sisters in Crime uh, Los Angeles. I was their speakers, Speakers Bureau director for uh, a couple of years. But Sisters is, a, is just a terrific organization. They're very well organized, they're very active, and they're especially good for, um, for writers who are uh, just trying to break into the business. They have all these, pro- they have a program called the Guppies, which is for writers who haven't yet been published. 
they have programs, uh, they have free meetings, at least our chapter has free meetings once a month where they have speakers. Um, it's, they're very active and they're, in, uh, they're very encouraging. Uh, their original, their raison d'etre mm-hmm. was to encourage women writers, but now they've branched out to all writers, although women are still their major focus. I believe that women writers should be should have the same opportunities as men writers, and so that's one of the reasons I'm active in the organization. Um, I'm right now co-chairing a crime writers conference that's coming up uh, in a week and a half, uh, which none of your listeners can go to if they're not registered because we've maxed out on our attendance. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's called a California Crime Writers Conference, and that's actually a uh, an event that's co-chaired by Sisters in Crime and MWA here in Southern California. So would you say that your involvement in these organizations has been instrumental in getting you to the point you're at now as a, as a crime writer? Yeah, I think it has been. I mean, for, for one thing, it's given me uh, a lot of access to people who I never would have met. Uh, you know, I've got some blurbs on my book because I was able to go to these writers uh, having met them at various conferences and uh, MWA activities, uh, you know, and asked them to read the book and comment. So, uh, you know, I've got a couple of blurbs on the back cover, one from T. Jefferson Parker, mm-hmm. uh, one from Thomas Perry. You know, between the two of them, they've got, I guess, four uh, Edgars. I, I saw those blurbs, and I assume they come they had come from those relationships, but those are powerful things for a first book. Yeah, I was very pleased that they that they liked the book enough to offer the blurbs. But you know, they're both very nice guys. I, I can tell you a funny story about Thomas Perry. Okay. Uh, I first met him at Left Coast Crime on a panel. And it was a panel about TV writers. I was, I guess, I was moderating this panel, and it was about uh, TV writing versus book writing, or how to do lead, how one leads to another, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that he had any connection to television. So I wrote him and said, you know, uh, I need three three things from you: a hundred word bio an explanation of why you think they put you on this panel uh, and a a drink at the bar after the panel. So he wrote back and said, well, I used to be a TV producer. I worked on Simon and Simon. And I said, you're kidding. I used to work on Simon and Simon. When were you there? And he said, well, these are the dates. When were you there? And I said, I have no recollection. I have a really bad memory. If, uh, if, if anyone knows me, they know that. Um, so he said, well, what episode did you write? And I said, I don't remember that either. So I went to Wikipedia and looked myself up. <laughs> and uh, there was my episode of Simon and Simon, and it had been rewritten by Tom Perry and his wife. Oh. <laughs> so I gave him a really hard time about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. All right, Craig, what's the best way for people to keep up with your work? We've, we've talked about Go Down Hard. You've mentioned the sequel that you're working on now. What's the best way for people to keep up with everything you're doing? Uh, the best way to keep up with what I'm doing uh, is to go to my website, which is a work in progress. It looks better on some computers than others at the moment. It looks really but, good on mine, by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, there's an, there's an events page that says where I'm going to be. There's also a, a stories page that shows how to get to all the short stories, uh, a great many of which are available for free, uh, one of which was turned into a wonderful podcast by Plan B Magazine. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I would hope that readers would uh, go there, find out about it, sign up for the uh, newsletter. I do not send out very much news, so you're not going to get inundated for me. And uh, that's the best way to do it, craigfaustusbuck.com. And your book is available where? Uh, my book is available on Amazon and uh, selected bookstores. You can also go to your local bookstore and uh, ask them to order it. It's, uh, it's through Ingram. Uh, but the easiest way is Amazon. Okay. Or it's also available through the Brash Books uh, bookstore, brash-books.com. And I will link to all of this in the show notes. Craig, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I absolutely loved your book, and it was great to have the opportunity to chat. Well, thank you, Steve. I had a great time talking to you. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please drop us a rating or comment. Those help other crime fiction readers find great new books like Go Down Hard from Craig Faustus Buck. Thanks for listening.